0: Good morning. Welcome. Happy Mother's Day to everyone who is blessed enough to be a mother. Um, It's exciting being here, and uh, worship was amazing. So today I'm going to give announcements, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Amen. So... uh, We had our Connections meeting and the Young Adult Bonfire this past week. And they both went well, the Connections meeting. We had a lot of good ideas about what we did during um, Easter Fest. And the Young Adult Bonfire was not a bonfire. We were inside because it was supposed to rain. And it didn't, so there you go. We were inside, and it was not rainy. But it was fun. It was good. Uh, We had a few new people that we had never met before and got to know some new people. Uh, So it was great. Um, Wanted to let everybody know that this coming Saturday, the 18th, is the cleanup day here at the church. So at 10 o'clock, men come and we will clean up the outside of the church. And if if the ladies wanted to be so kind as to come help uh, organize things for the yard sale that we're going to be doing, probably not till July now, but... Sometime in the future, uh, kind of sorting through some of our closets, helping us with what we might want to sell to help raise money for the kids for a camp um, that we're going to do this summer. And so that's this coming Saturday, starting at 10. And also the ladies' night is next Tuesday, the 21st. And there is a $5 fee. I don't think it says that in here. No, it does not say $5 fee. But um, if you could sign up, I believe they're doing the ice cream and art again, right? That's what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, so ice cream and art... And that's why it's $5. So if you want to come out and participate in that, um, ice cream is always good, right? Amen. Um, And so that's it for announcements this morning. Um, Thank you again for Mother's Day. I'll pray for the offering, and then we will greet each other. Lord God, we thank you so much for how good you are. We thank you that you give us good gifts, Lord God, so that we can in turn... Bless those around us, Lord God. We ask that you you um, continue to show your blessing and your encouragement and your grace on us today, Father God, and bless this offering as we're about to take, Lord God, and bless the rest of the service, because we want to honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Some of the best parts, right? Greeting each other, because we're family and it's fun. Amen. Um, so this morning, we have a special guest. Some of you have met uh, Terry and Ginny, and um, it is Mother's Day. So I, I was feeling like, you know, as a non-mother, it's, it's a little bit hard to talk to the mothers. So I was, I was praying about it, and, and I thought God was speaking to me to invite one of my probably oldest spiritual mother. Um, to share with us today. And I know many of you know uh, Ginny and Terry Massaro. They've been, you know, in camps and stuff like that for a long time. And I know they've been here a couple of times. And so um, the two of them, uh, they taught me when I was, you know, four, five. <laughs> I was tiny uh, back at Newcastle Christian Assembly. And um, so from them, and, uh, I learned a whole lot about uh, the Lord, and myself, and so they were, you know, spiritual parents to me for a long, long time, and so I thought it would be a blessing for them to come and for Ginny to share, and um,
1: Yes, I've known Andy a long, long time, <laughs> and it's, that's a good thing. Um, it's Mother's Day, and I know that uh,
0: Mother's Day can be a happy day,
1: and it can be a sad day,
0: uh, but the focus is always on women. So
1: I, uh, when I talked to Pastor Andy, I asked if it was okay if I spoke on a woman. Not necessarily zeroing in on mothers, but the fact that um, there is an incredible woman in the Bible, and she's an unnamed woman, yet her story lives on and on and on. And she's a woman that some of us might be very familiar with, some of us might not be familiar with, with at all. But a wife, I'm a firm believer that if we become familiar with the people in the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit uses them to teach us so many of the principles or the things that um, we, we strive to know, to, to follow be better followers of Christ. Um, and for mothers, if you have little children, if you have teenagers, if you have grown children, the best thing to do is point them to the people in the Bible that live before us. I have this uh, theory that I've always said to, to other Sunday school teachers or church teachers, that if we teach the kids about David and Bathsheba, they will stay away from sexual immorality. If we teach the people about Uzzah when he touched the ark, even though to all of us it seems like the most normal thing to reach out and prevent something from falling, they'll learn that when God says no, he means no. If we teach them about Ananias and Sapphira, they'll know that lying it just is not an option. So we can tell them over oh, and over, don't lie, don't lie. That when they lie, we take the time. It isn't to scare them, but it's to teach them that God gave us boundaries to live by mm-hmm. so that we stay safe. But somewhere along the way, it seems that these people get lost at times. And so this morning, I hope um, for the whispers, I'm an incredible woman to echo loudly in our ears that when we leave this place we will live lives with open hands, all of us, beginning with me. Um, She's proof I'm not going to tell you who she is yet she's proof that in the darkest of times that in the poorest of times, when we feel like we have nothing left to give and we're ready to give up that's when we have to, as the old President Bush used to say, I remember saying, stay the course we have to stay the course because one of the most beautiful and encouraging things that I think of so often is that God already sees down he has already past tense, present tense, and future tense see down the tunnel of time and he knows the outcome of it we can only see the moment and sometimes that is very discouraging I have been there there are certain situations in our life where we're there right now can't seem to see past the situation, but that's when I'm reminded that God sees the big picture, and whatever the cost for people to come to Christ or to stay grounded in Christ, so be. Um, he will take care of us. So in life, oftentimes things get hard, and people throw in the towel, as they say, when they quit, when they check out, when they walk out. But if we would just keep on walking in the way of the Lord, he will provide a way. might not be the way that we planned, but he will provide a way. So this morning, um, I want us to open our Bibles, if you have your Bible with you, Colossians chapter 1. I want to look at a few verses there before we um, look at our baby friend, that's what I'll call her, as you get older. People, they're not going say girlfriends, but they're dating friends. I'm not there yet, but sometimes I think that that sounds kind of, no. Oh, my dating friends and I are going to give an ice cream thing. <laughs> um, Colossians chapter 1, I, I just wanted to set the setting of why Paul was writing this letter. So Paul's writing a letter to the believers in a colicite, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. But this morning, I'm going to read from the NASB translation, just if yours isn't like mine. And we're going to read verses 9 through 14. So just follow along with verses 9 through 14, okay? So that you will walk... I'm sorry, starting with nine. For this reason also, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that, here it is, you will walk in a manner worthy of of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and he transformed us. Transformers. They think they meant something new. They didn't. He transformed us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins.
0: So let's put out the
1: first um, little slide I have today. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk means I walk in an ethical sense. I conduct my life. I live. People should be able to tell just by the way we live that we're followers of Christ. That's the bottom line. We should live differently in the world. We should. I walk worthy. It means I walk appropriately. I walk as a godly sort. I walk becomingly. And the whole reason is that we should conduct our life after a godly sort. So Paul's talking about everyday living. We walk it out. We live it out. And we conduct ourselves in our everyday living Lord in every way. We are not one way on Monday and Tuesday and one way on Wednesday and Thursday. With every decision, whether it's in our home, whether it's in our thoughts, whether it's with other people, we should be living a life that is worthy of the call that we have. And that's a call to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So I put it this way. That's just walk, 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 keep on walking. And while we're walking, we keep conducting ourselves in a way that pleases the Lord. So I came across the definition, next slide, and it says that we would anticipate and do the wishes, do his wishes in every aspect of our life. So if you just think about that for one minute, every day when I get up, before I even put my feet on the floor, I am anticipating to do the wishes of my father in every aspect of my life. Every aspect of my life. And when we walk in that manner, when we walk in manner to please the Lord in every aspect of our life, then we bear fruit. Then we grow. Paul says, then we're strengthened and we always give thanks. And the word tells us to be thankful because, and I love this. It was like a new, a new epiphany to me as my girlfriend and I, my lady friend and I, we say God must have just put that in the Bible last night because I never really grasped that before. Um, Paul says that the Lord qualified us. We're not disqualified. Even when we make a mistake, we're not disqualified. He qualified us to share in the inheritance Of the saints that are walking in light. The Lord enabled us. He equipped us. He's equipped each one of us right now with power to perform the duty that He has for us. And He has a different duty for every one of us. Our duties don't look the same. And if we ask Him every day, show me what my duty is today, He's already equipped us to do it. He's already given us the ability to perform those duties because He has made us able. If he asks me to do something and I don't think I can, if he asks me, that means he's already here. Sure. And he's given us, he's shared with us an inheritance. A lot of times people think they don't have an earthly inheritance. I know it sounds lame if, if, you, if, if you need that at the moment, but big deal. Mm-hmm. True. big deal. Because we have an inheritance. We've been given a parcel of the lot already. God already has an inheritance for me in it. I was just saying to Robin, I love living. I love living. I have, the Lord's given us a wonderful life right now. We have five grandchildren, another one on the way. I, I, I could have never dreamed of it. But there's a part of my heart that's always longing for help. It is always wanting to go help. I And Robin said, I understand that a little bit the older I get, And I said, you know, honey, the older you get, there's a part of your heart that's always thinking about my real inheritance. That word means a portion of the bread. He's already broken off the part of the bread that you like the best. My husband, we haven't made, because he likes the heel. I do not like to heel with the crust. I want the softest part of the bread. So when we go to a restaurant, we both know I get the middle, he gets the ends. The Lord already knows the portion of the bread that he has prepared for me and is mine and nobody can take it. You can have the rye, I'm going to have the (laughs) swing. We have been assigned a part and we have been granted fellowship. I have been given fellowship. Other believers might not want to have fellowship with me right now. You know what? By chance, put on uh, she had Cornerstone Television. It was late at night, Terry was out of town, and I couldn't sleep, so I put on Cornerstone, and um, Amy Grant was being interviewed by uh, Mark Lowry. It was like a very unusual True. conversation, but I, I caught my attention, and Amy Grant was talking about when she'd gone through a very difficult divorce and her life, and she had had a ton of bitterness, and um, a fellow brother. And the Lord came up to her one day, and this is exactly how she worded it. do not usually used use the word do, but she did. She said, he said to her, do?
0: You better put out this
1: fire, no matter what you have to do to put it out. Because we're all going to be sitting in the same bank. I was like, wow. I felt like they were looking at me. <laughs> she the TV off. I invite like you over here. Right? Like, but isn't that the truth? We have been given an inheritance in the light. And even if I'm at odds with someone and I shouldn't be and they're at odds with me, that doesn't disqualify me. And that brother was reminding her, get over it. Because we're all going to be at the same table. We've been transformed into the spiritual sphere of light, And we have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness. And so on this Mother's Day, even if we're not mothers, We're all reminded that we are called to walk in a manner worthy. And if you are a mother, there are little eyes that are on you all the time. When my kids were little, I was pretty much a stay-at-home mom, and I remember saying, well, I'd rather them pick up my bad habits than anybody else's. And then a couple times I saw them marching around proudly with my bad habits, us. They're always watching us. Uh, my daughter-in-law and my four-year-old granddaughter were at my house yesterday for just a few minutes and we were having a conversation and all of a sudden Caroline blurted out, as dogmatic as you could be, she looked at her mother and, and went, Mommy, it's your fault. And Andrea went, it's not my fault. And I started laughing again. For the rest of her life, if things don't go her way, it's your fault. So little eyes are always watching you. They're always watching us. There are always people watching our lives. So we need to walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord. And this morning, that brings us to our unnamed um, sister. Next slide. And she is the woman um, called the widow of Zarephath. So let's turn in our Bibles to uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. And we're going to be here for just a few minutes. Bless you. 1 Kings chapter 17, and I want to set the stage before we read. Uh, it is a dark, dark time in Israel's history. It's probably one of the darkest times in Israel's history has ever been. could possibly be like we're living in today, in the United States and all over the world. We're in a dark time. We are in a dark time. And that's why our torches best be burning bright. And we're in a time where gray looks real White. Mm-hmm. And there is no gray. It's either black or it's either white. And so our torches need to be shining. Um,
0: the most wicked
1: king and queen that have ever ruled over Jerusalem. Next one, they are at the point of ruling Israel. And the king is called King Ahab. And the queen is called King, um, Queen Jezebel, and they are horrible, especially her. Uh, when I teach this to kids, I always say all that, you've never had a friend named Jezebel. <laughs> even the heathen, even the heathen don't have a daughter and say, oh, she looks like a Jezebel to me. <laughs> Jezebel is the most wicked woman that ever lived. She came to a horrible death, fell off the balcony and died and the dogs and whipped up her blood. She was a horrible influence on Ahab. He should have stood up to her, but he also had a wicked heart, and all he needed was a woman to make that heart even more wicked. Um, they had introduced idol worship to Jerusalem. They had eliminated all the worship of Jehovah. They were killing the prophets by the groves. They had slain the prophets, and those two had put up their own idols. They were the ones that instituted or built the Asherah Pole, and it was a wooden symbol of a female deity. And while their darkness is all over Jerusalem, all over the people of God, out of nowhere,
0: rises the prophet
1: Elijah, the prophet of God, appears. We don't know. He just shows up on the scene. And he is a bright, bright light. He's an eccentric soul. And he's a bright light shining in a dark time. Next one. And the Lord is directing and guiding every single step of the
0: And the Lord has given Elijah orders by God
1: to go to the king and queen and to tell them that it's not going to rain for a very long time. I'm sure that hadn't been frightening in the flesh, but
0: God never gives us a job that he doesn't
1: equip us for. So he had already enabled Elijah. He's probably my favorite Old Testament person. And when we get to heaven, I will be anxious to meet him. He amazes me. There's something about the anointing that he carried that just... Since I was a little girl, he has captured my heart before I even knew what the word anointing meant. You see, we go around and we say everything's anointed. Oh, that's anointed. We're gonna have an anointing service. We don't know that. This man was anointed. He was set apart. The time where everyone was bowing with me to idols. And when he walked in the room, the anointing of God was ushering him. The anointing of God is a precious, precious anointing. And it is nothing to be taken lightly. It is nothing to be jealous with. It is nothing to be. he'd been given orders to go to the king and queen and tell them that it wasn't going to rain for a very long time after he gave those instructions God sends him away to the brook chariot to protect him and he stays at this brook for a very long time and the Bible said that the ravens were feeding him which again they're filthy dirty birds and here they are bringing him food because the Bible says the Lord had commanded Right, he gave them a job. Even the birds have a job. And we're going to today pick up at um, verse 7 in 1 uh, in Kings 17 and we're going to see where this brings the prophet. So let's start with verses 17. I'm sorry. Verse 7 through 16. And no matter how many times I read this honestly, it just never gets anonymous. It happened after a while that that the brook dried up,
0: because there was
1: no rain in the land. And then, the word, then, the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, Behold, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have. I'll take a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar, and behold, I am gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat and die.
0: Then Elijah
1: said to isn't it his name, Great Light? Then Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake it first and bring it to me, and afterward you may make one for yourself and for your son." For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he, she, he, and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord which he had spoken through Elijah. Amen. So, the Lord says to Elijah, Arise and go to Zarephath, which is in Sidon. There's something very interesting about Sidon that I want us to all keep in mind as we look at this story. is the wicked queen, her name was Jezebel. And Jezebel is originally from Sidon. Her father was the king Of his Zionians. He sends Elijah to the city that this wicked queen came from. It was her hometown. Where are you from, Jezebel? Oh, I'm from Zion. He sends him back to where she was from. Not only is he going to bring the word of the Lord to the country that she's ruling in now, in the city, but he sends her back to where her roots are. He sends. God sends Elijah to a city of Gentiles, um, and the Jews consider the Gentiles completely unclean. These people do not serve Jehovah, and God has commanded a widow woman to provide for him. And it's incredible to me, I think, one of the things that stands out in the story that's just the most amazing is how Elijah just obeys. I don't know about your personality, but I'm ashamed to say that my personality always thinks it has a better way. Getting better, by the time I'm dead, I should be okay. <laughs> but I am full of ideas. I always tell people, if you need an idea, just call me. one 800G, Jimmy, I got a whole file cabinet full of, of ideas. I just I just get ideas. Someone says we want to do something, and I'm like, oh! And my files just start, my roll of edge just starts spinning. Elijah doesn't question God. Even if he had a better idea, which I don't think he did because his mind was so set on the things of God. That I think, I think, this is my own thought, that when, he, when God spoke to Elijah, Elijah was so used to conversing with the Lord that he knew it was the Lord immediately really to him that. And he just goes. He just starts walking towards Sidon. He hears God speak. And he does it. And he heads for Zarephath, which is in Sidon. And he is trusting that a widow woman will be waiting for him.
0: Now, we don't know if he
1: knows what that woman is going to look like. We don't know if God gave him any details. But he knows that there will be a widow woman waiting for him, and she is going to provide for him. And it's from that widow woman today that we're going to learn from. Next slide. The Lord said to Elijah, "I have commanded a widow there to provide for you." So God could have chosen anybody. Let's remember that, but He chose a poor widow. He strategically placed her there. We are strategically placed where we are right now. I am firmly with that. If you have, if your life is dedicated to Christ, our Lord.
0: We are strategically
1: where he wants us to be. We wouldn't be This morning, we wouldn't be here. We could be in any other church, we could be home. But when, he, when he, our life is in his hands, even when it is a difficult situation, he strategically places us there. Luke chapter 4, verses 25 and 26, and you can read it along as I read, I read this. But I say, God, Jesus was saying, but I say to you, There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them. God would have sent them to to his people, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. God did not send Elijah to a Jewish woman, but he sent him to an unlikely, poor, I'm clean, because the Jews did look at her. Jewish um, I think it's also interesting for those of us that, that just love to pick apart how all the pieces of the puzzle of God's word fall, fall, fall in place, is um, God sent him to this area, and here's where that great showdown is going to take place between the prophets of Baal and the prophet Elijah, and God is going to display his mighty, mighty power on my Carmel. So God had all kinds of plans to take place here. It wasn't just a one-time event. God was going to display his power to Queen Jezebel in one way or the other. I'm going to do it in your hometown, sister. And then we'll deal with you. And we see that um, God is going to do all that through the power of his power is through Elijah. So, um, I just think that's, that's very incredi- incredible. And we're going to see through this widow woman that she was going to give out of nothing. And it was going to be returned to her in more ways than one. She was going to provide for Elijah. And in, in the next breath, Elijah was going to provide life for her son. Uh, when I was studying this, I could not help but think in the New Testament in Luke chapter 6 where we are told that we should give, and it will be given to you. They will pour it into your lap of measure, press down, shake it together, and run it over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in the church. That is not just about That's about our life. When we give our life to other people, When it's not convenient, and we give our time, and we give our kindness, and we give our compassion, and we give our finances,
0: and we give of ourselves
1: somewhere along the way, according to His methods, it comes back to us. And I do not believe that we should give again. I think when people think like that and talk like that, they they don't understand. They don't. They have a misunderstanding. And we have to be very careful when we talk to people about it that we don't pur- pur- portray it that way. We don't give it yet, we give it because we love. And in his system, he gives back to us. So um, Elijah gets to the the city, next thing, next thing. And there she is. And he knows that it's her. Now we don't know how, like I said again, and she must have been very young. A lot of times people think she's an older woman, but we'll see when her little boy um, passes away, which we're not going to get into that today, but he's small enough that she's carrying him. So she was very young, um, very poor. If you were a widow back in those days, you had nobody.
0: It was no, not like today.
1: There was not um, government help or uh, the husband didn't leave anything and you had to have a husband to provide for you. But she's there, and she thinks that she's going about her own business. She thinks that she's just gathering sticks because she's going to build a fire to cook a meal. But in reality, she's about politics. So when we are living our life, walking according to the manner of God, we think we're doing our job. But if our hearts are open to him, in reality, he can send us on assignment at any moment and we will do that. So um, I want to point out in verse 12, for those of us that are very detailed, uh, we can't tell if she was a worshipper of God. It appears that she is not, but if people want to split hairs, People could get stuck on that. Um, Because we see that she knew that Elijah was a prophet. Whether that was just something that God instantly laid on her mind and in her heart, this is a prophet of God. Uh, Whether it was the way he dressed. Whether she had heard of him. I read in so many commentaries. I looked at so many because I just wanted to, when I teach, I just want so badly to not say, teach something that's not. Hundred percent accurate, and um, all I know is that whatever she believed, whether she believed in God that had given her life to Him, uh, it's irrelevant to the fact that God sent Elijah to her and her Elijah. Sometimes we get caught screwing hairs, and we just don't get anywhere. The point here is God sent Elijah to this widow woman, and she sent this widow woman to Elijah. Okay. So he sees her and he calls out to her, please get me a little drink of water in a jar. First thing is, it's been a drought for a long time, and it's not like she can just go to her house, turn on the faucet, get me some water. We don't know what hoops she had to go through to get me water and to share her water. And she goes to fetch it. She doesn't question. Again, she's willing to share of the little water that she has, and how different from the economy system that the enemy is to sense our minds in motion. I have to think of, uh, and I'm all, I believe everyone should take care of their family and take care of themselves. We're so afraid of not having nephew. Now since I'm not here very often, I'm going to go and say I have this big theme about my parents. Nonprofit profit isn't sending money all the stuff. Money is on distributing. So, in a sense, this woman is not a non profit She, The little that she had, she was going to give it back to the profit. I if that makes no sense. But if we have money and we can share it, we need. Elijah sees that she's willing and going to get him a drink in the drought. He sees that. So that may have been how he knew that this was a woman. He calls out to her again. And when we get to this part, I have to share that, again, as I studied this part, I, my mind immediately went to Luke 16, 10, where it says, Whoever is faithful with little can be trusted much. She was going to be faithful and give him a drink of water. And because she was going to be faithful to give him a drink of water, the Lord was going to say, "Okay, hey, now he can cook meal. When we're faithful in the small things, he keeps giving us bigger and bigger and bigger tasks. They might not look like big tasks, tasks to us, but he knows he can trust us. He knows we're not going to tell him we're too busy or we don't have enough. So she's going to be faithful to get him a drink of water and God is going to use her to provide a meal for him. And from that meal, her meal, really, Will never run out. I'm going to say that again. She's going to be faithful to get Elijah a little drink of water, and God is going to use her to provide a meal for him. And from that meal, her meal, her flour, will never run out. What an example of being faithful in small things. And a reminder for us that we should be wise in everyday giving and everyday living. And he calls out to her again while she's walking away, and he says, Widow woman, a piece of bread, that's in your hand. Bread, hand. The word bread here doesn't necessarily mean bread. As we think of bread, according to Strong's um, dictionary, it was especially bread, or grain, for making bread. But it could have been fruit, it could have been a loaf, it could have been a meal, it could have been something. Anything substantial that he could eat could have been the meaning of bread. But the best defi- the definition that I love that will provide to us right now is a uh, ration or provision. Will you bring me some of your ration? So I want you to keep that in mind for just the next couple of minutes. Um, provision or ration? Will you please bring me some provision that's in your hand? According to Strong's Dictionary, the word hand. We think of this, and of course it is, but it's the open It's strength. It's a hand of needs and a hand of direction. So but Elijah was saying to her, will you please bring me whatever provision that you have in your strength to give to me? Please, with with an open hand, will you share with me what provision you have? And her response was her reality. And her reality was this. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer you. I have only, there it is, a handful of flour and a little oil in my jar. I was gathering sticks so that I could make a fire and prepare a last meal for my son and I. And then we're going to eat. And then we're going to die. And the response from the prophet is, don't worry about that. Do not fear. Go and do what I said. Go ahead and make that cake. Make that bread. Cook it on that fire. But first, make what for me? That sounds a little presumptuous. And bring it to me. And then make one for your boy. For then he continues. For thus, saith the Lord, the God of Israel. Not to false thought of Baal. You people he serve here. That the bowl of flour and the jar of oil will never empty. While this famine in the land is going on. And I personally believe with all my heart that he spoke those words. The anointing of God was so powerful on him that she believed. If you think about the pool of Bethesda. When Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, the Bible tells us that there were sick people everywhere. They were on the porticoes. They were by the water. They were everywhere waiting for their moment of healing. Jesus comes strolling by the pool of Bethesda, and the Bible says that he he sought out one man. I don't know why. All he would have had to do was go, and every person there would be with him. He picked one man, and he said to that man, "Get up, and walk." And the man got up and walked. Incredible! In the next verses, when they asked the man who did this. He didn't even know it was Jesus. He didn't even know the miracle worker was there. But I believe Jesus spoke with such power and such authority that when he spoke, the lame man knew. Yeah. When Jesus speaks to us. It doesn't matter to anybody else. And I believe that Elijah, when those words came to her, it was filled with the anointing of God when he came. It was poor And she thought, I must
0: make me.
1: Worse. She went in. According to the word of Elijah,
0: the Bible says
1: that she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty. According to the word of the Lord, when she spoke to the prophet, it makes me think the New Testament, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. No, if I seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will take care of mm-hmm. me. Every worry that I have, every concern in my heart, he's going to take care of it because I'm walking and conducting my life in a manner worthy of him, and he has infused me with his spirit and his power and his wisdom and his knowledge. He's done that for all of us. We just have to believe it. And on the days that we don't believe it, we know what we have to do, friends. But it's going to tell you what we have to do. And I'm speaking to myself first. And I've it written on an index card. And I move it from my kitchen window to my desk. And it says these words, And David strengthened himself in the Lord. We have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Before we can strengthen anyone else, we have to tell ourselves over and over, keep my So anyway, she fed him first. She gave wisely. And I read this quote, and I'm in love with it. And I think you will be too, next slide. The meal and the oil multiply, not in the hoarding. But in this thing. not rich. Isn't so that rich? You know, when they try to get too much man off, when they were greedy for the man off, what happened? They got mad. Stock market could fall down, fall apart tomorrow. I'm not saying that we don't save. I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we're not wise stewards. But when we have an opportunity to do good, the Bible says when we know to do good and we don't do it, that is called sin. And that means in every area of our life. If you see your neighbor struggling because you know to help them, you don't, it's called sin. That's how we live. And mothers, that's how we live. And boy, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. We feel divided, and we feel stretched, and we feel like I can't give one more thing to these people, as I call them. Sometimes when I'm disgusted with my son and his wife, I tell you, I'm my wife. Well, I'm right
0: I tell my husband,
1: the other Masaros.
0: <laughs> They're not us. The other Masaros.
1: Folks, everything we have is from the Lord because everything is His.
0: Everything
1: we have is from the Lord because everything is His. And if we've been blessed, we've been blessed because of His hand. We haven't been blessed because of our brain or our hard work. Yeah, that's part of it. But everything is His. If we have financial gain, it came from Him and it belongs to but we have talent. It came from him and belongs to him. You know, several years ago, I had a, 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 a call up that it turned into a follicular tumor on my vocal cord. It was about 10 years ago. And my whole life, I sang. Uh, since I was a little wee girl, that was like my thing. And I can say it that way now because the Lord took me to the potter's wheel. He completely showed me things about myself that I didn't want to see. that ever happened to you? I didn't want to see. And I was like, I'll be honest, I was like a charity church mouse. They didn't want me at our church in Newcastle when we went there. I wanted to work in the nursery, and they didn't want me to work in the nursery, but they wanted me to stay. And uh, it was my, it was my uh, I would call it my identity. It really was. It was my identity because I could I sang. I knew I would be called space space. I knew I was always going to get the best part. And uh the Lord started directing me to teach kids. And I knew it was I knew it was his voice. And so I stepped down from singing altogether. And I got involved with a children's ministry, which led me to church camp. <laughs> Which led me to, knowing you, the best years of my life were not in singing, but I had been teaching kids. You know, two years ago I noticed at camp especially that my throat, I, my voice was gone. My tape was, was gone. My throat was just, I, by the middle of the week, I, and I attributed it to all the playing and yelling and praying and carrying on with the kids. And then I started noticing that when I drank water, I was choking. It wasn't regular food; it was just water, liquids. Then I noticed I couldn't carry a two. For my own pleasure, I sing around the house all the time, and I couldn't do that. Anymore. And I kept saying to my husband and my kids, "There's something wrong with my throat." And they, in all due respect, they didn't believe me because I must have still been yelling pretty loud. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually thought I was like, hey. Well, the long and short of it all was, I ended up that I didn't carry it too long. Went to the doctor, I had this growth, and had been there so long, unbeknownst to me, that it had started to make its own face. And they had to take it off my vocal cord. And one of the things they told me was, there's a chance you could talk. Okay, I had to get rid of this, but um, chances that you're not going to be able to really sing. Like have a nice, you carry a tune at once. And I had the surgery, and for maybe a year, maybe two years, I could not sing. And I had to breathe. And I realized that for so many years, I took that for to granted as something that was mine. And the Lord reminded me that that talent, that little baby talent that singers in reality, and I just say they're a time of government, we can all sing. Maybe you. beautiful. Beautiful. You know what? We were created to make a joyful woman's to the Lord. And that's exactly what it was. That voice I gave you was for you to make a joyful woman's unto me. And when I'm good and ready, I will. You know what happened one day I the I I noticed. My whole point is that we have anything that's from him. Any resources of any kind come from him or belong to him. And if you have spiritual gifts they came from him, And you lost So let's all open our hands. Because in verse 11, it's my nugget verse for all of us today son giver. As she was getting ready to get the drink of water, he called to her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. He said to her, please bring me your provision, your ration that's in your open hand, that's in your direction, that's in um, your means. In other words, people, Jimmy, all of you, if it's in your power to give, then give. We need to walk in giving. We need to anticipate and do the wishes of his in every aspect of our life. We can't be stingy. The widow's oil of flour never ran out. I want to prepare it very quickly to 1 Samuel 25 with Nabal. Nabal was the richest man at the time. Um, He was very rich. He had 3,000 goats, 1,000 sheep, and David's men were hungry and tired. And they went to Nabal and they said, will you share with us one meal? One year, one gold wedding suit. The Naples said, why should you say you said David. No, Naples said, this is David. It's like when the Israelites got mad at Moses and they said, who? That Moses. He went from Moses to that Moses. The other Arabs. the minute somebody doesn't do what we like, they become those people. Isn't that the truth? right. Who's David? Who's the son of Jesse? Why should I take my bread and my water and my meat and share? I don't even know who you are. No. I will not give His outcome comes the book. Ten days later we the Lord struck me. The widow of path, she went and did as the Lord demanded. Her bowl of flour was not exhausted. Her jar of oil never became like, empty.
0: There's wisdom
1: in giving. Next slide. She shared her home. She shared her food. She was provided for every day. and The story goes on to tell us how her little son was raised from the dead. God never stopped giving back to her. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. I'm going to say that again for all of us. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, and when it is in your power to do it. The word power is yod. and it's the same Hebrew word in 1 Kings 17.11 It was in Exodus 4, when God asked Moses, what's in your hand? He said to Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses said to God, and God said, "Throw Go it to the ground. And we know what happened. I have a staff. we woman, what's in your hand? So I believe the Lord is telling us today we need to give to him what's in our hand. To our families, of course. But we're all the same thing. Right. I, I'm one that believes that so firmly. Sometimes we get very caught up in us for no more. And in my family, that's the same. Because we all share the same inheritance. So if we share the same inheritance, that means we have the same love. So in me, my brother and my son, whether you like them or not. First Chronicles twenty-nine twelve says, Both riches and honors come from you. And you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and in it lies your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. My closing comments this morning Lord, it is all from him, and his, it belongs to him, and we're to be wise givers with what he gives to us. Mothers, we have to be wise givers with our lives to our children and We all know that nothing is lost when we give to nothing is lost. Uh, Elizabeth Elliott, years ago, um, the wife of Jim Elliott, she had transcribed the entire, I'm not sure if it was the New Testament or the whole Bible, she finally transcribed it uh, in the language of the Indian people that they were missionaries to. And she had one copy, and she carried it in a suitcase back to the United States. She's going to have it printed up for the people. Anyway, I don't know, what is it? catch I don't know if you know this story. This is true. I heard her. Mm-hmm. Her suitcase got lost, which meant the only manuscript was lost. Mm-hmm. And one of her friends said to her, Oh, you're devastated, which i do not have in poor soul. You know how we do. Just tell her, I'm so sorry for you, what? It was not a waste, because I did it, it was unto you. I heard that on the radio. I'm telling you, I just reached into the radio, and I grabbed it, and I slammed it in my heart. Because no matter what I do today, if I do it is unto the Lord, if it means doing dishes, if it means talking to someone today in my son's house that I don't even know or want to talk to, if I do it as should the Lord, it was not a waste of my time. Yeah. Jesus told the disciples after, this is honestly, you can close your Bibles. The time. Yeah. Jesus told the disciples after he fed the 5,000, don't pick up all, the, load, all the, the, the leftovers. The King James says, pick up all the fragments. Because nothing is to be wasted. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. And you know what? We're all fragments. We're all broken pieces. And he picked us up so that we do not be wasted. The widow of Zarephath in man's eyes had nothing to offer. And she was just a broken fragment, ready to die. But the Lord had strategically placed her there to give. So today, I encourage all of us, begin with me. Let's give of ourselves. Let's give of everything we have. When we give it is unto the Lord, nothing is wasted. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your word and how it's constantly speaking. We thank you for the way it was there, one day we'll see her in the kingdom. we, we We want to thank you putting her story in your word to remind us to give. To give and to give and to give of everything, of our being, of our gifts, of our money, of our love, of our time. Bless this place, Lord. Let your spirit reside here in Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. Thank you. <coughs> Amen. I feel like, especially for Mother's I mean, you know, yeah, giving. What, what more can we say about mothers? Honestly, you know, mothers are so giving all the time. Um, thank you. Yeah, the, the, this 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 woman with her son, what what she was willing to give because they were they were just. I have my little thing. I'm going to go and you know bake it and die. She was willing to give it to the Lord first. You know all that we have, all we we are, when we are willing to give it to the Lord first, then He will bless us. He will provide for us. Just like just like this woman. I know there's many mothers here that have been doing that a long time. Been giving a long time. About half of you are grandmothers now, and I'm sure that maybe more than that, but that the giving is it's coming back. You're seeing blessings from grandchildren, being, you know, seeing what your kids are growing up to do and, and to be, and you know, don't stop. You know, if you keep doing it and you keep growing and you're giving and you're loving for your, your and support, people around you, God's love will keep pouring out. An open hand. Don't don't, don't just say, "Well, I did my job. I did my duty." But you no, know, keep, keep an open hand. Keep an open heart, because there's more people to love. Whether you're, you know, ten other ways it ten here. But you're little or you're older, right? There's always more people to love. There's always more people to be spiritual moms too. Either if your kids are grown, if your grandkids are grown, or whatever the case may be, right? I don't know that's not just for women. As, as men, we we must be spiritually fathers and people ourselves and around us. Too. Amen. So let me pray and um, listen. Thank you again, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for how good you are. You're so great. You're mighty, Lord God. We thank you that you give us everything that we have, Father God. We thank you that you 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 give to us. You bless us so that we can be a blessing, Lord God. We thank you. Um, as we've been studying on Wednesdays, Lord God, we studied Abraham, Lord God, and you blessed him to be a blessing, Lord God. As believers, we are we are called to be a blessing to all of those people around us, Lord God, whether are mothers or not, Lord God. We, we ask that you continue to give us opportunities to be a blessing to other people, Lord God. Give us what we need so that we can share with other people, Lord God, just like the, the widow of Father God. Help us to have a heart just like hers. So that when when you speak to us, Lord God, we instantly obey, Lord God. We we want to we want to hear your voice so clearly, just like she heard Elijah. We hear your voice and we act on it, Lord God. Not not questioning.